You're listening to On The Road, a podcast powered by Autocar. So welcome to On The Road, a podcast for and about the private hire industry. I'm Richard. And I'm Mish. And if you haven't already tuned into our previous episodes, we've been having discussions with people from across the industry. We've had various PCO drivers join us. And last week, we were lucky enough to have Jess from Viaband come in. Uh, this week we're doing things slightly differently. We've got two highly valued members of the Otto team here with us today to talk about safety and accidents that we take very seriously here at Otto Car. Brian and Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we obviously know who you are, but for the listeners who might not, could you explain a little bit about yourselves and what you do here at Otto Car? Yeah, hi, I'm Chris. Um, I've been with Otto Car for roughly around about two and a half years. Um, I'm the head driving assessor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was initially brought in to to educate the drivers, so to speak, you know, um, because prior to me joining here, we was having a few incidents on the road, you know, and we wanted to, to put a cap on that. Sure. You know, so I was brought in to, to assess the drivers, also um, go forward with their development, with their driving, you know, and give them hints or tips on, on how to drive yeah. more safely and within, and particularly within the PCO industry as well because mm-hmm. it can be quite full-on for the, for these PCO Very drivers definitely. so definitely. and and also to a degree it's um, a lot of the drivers that we that we get through the door have been driving for many years so to get the opportunity for someone someone like themselves to, to, to sit in a car with a qualified instructor you know it's uh, it's it's you know it's, it's, it's very educational for them mm-hmm. and, we all, and we also have instructors now at all the branches yeah that's great. you know um, assessing the drivers helping them out with future development. And it's all about just you know trying to keep on top of it and, and keep them safe on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. And Brian, thank you for joining us. I know you've been here slightly longer than Chris, actually. I so. have. So um, I've been here since the beginning, really. Um, the original. One of the originals. Yeah, I started out, uh, started out as a fitting the onboard camera systems. Mm-hmm. Um, Autocar gave me the opportunity to move up and I progressed now into doing uh, all the accident claims. So I've, I've uh, run the accident claims for the whole time really um, quite early on I, I sort of switched over and yeah I've seen a lot of things come and go um, a lot of changes along the way and it's, it's just been a real journey for us really is it any kind of I guess you must have seen so many drivers kind of coming in and out and there's certain themes that might yeah well there's, there's been that. there's been a number of different themes um, across the across the board as we as we progress we find different problems um, Originally, we were getting a lot of sort of accidents happening at junctions mm-hmm. and um, colliding into the rear of other vehicles through distractions. With where um, Chris, uh, when Chris came in, we saw a massive change in that. Put a lot of his work into trying to help drivers through that. Just a little bit more observations, um, not allowing yourself to be distracted, sure, which can sure. be very easy when you when you work in the PCO industry. Um, your apps pinging about jobs and it's like one moment, the five seconds you take your eyes off the road, and anything mm-hmm. can happen. It can be. So, so dr- such a dramatic situation for such a small moment. So, this is it's been um, a lot of work, and but we've we're working and, and continue look to continue working along the way. Yeah, no, you guys have been doing an awesome job, and along may it continue. And I would be, you know, want to keep drivers safe on the road, and that's what it's all about. It is, it is, and it is a challenge. You know, um, we do, you know, we deal with PCO drivers. They're they're self-employed drivers. So the biggest challenge for me was to change the mindset of your average PCO driver and not just about chasing the money and compromising on safety, you know, um, and making them realize, well, look, you know, first and foremost, your, 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 your safety, your passenger safety and any other road users around you 
is you know that's paramount before you earn anything yeah, mm-hmm. you know and and that's what's that's the message the ultimate message that we that i try and put across and my team tries to put across is that you know and 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 like i said before it's it's um it's such an opportunity for for these guys to have a, a team like mine within a company like this to to sit in a car with someone who's got years of experience as a driving instructor you know because you know many people drive for so many years and you know they get into their own habits mm-hmm. they don't realize half of the time mm-hmm. what they're doing wrong with their driving and how you know the re- what the re- repercussions could be you Do know you feel a bit yeah. maybe uh a backlash to that or do they kind of appreciate that after time you know because no one likes to be told they're doing something wrong I like think initially I mean, yeah I mean initially because it is so new and so different to have this kind of um, department within a company like this I mean you know a lot of a lot of drivers that have gone elsewhere to, to, to get a vehicle as long as you've got a driver's license and a PCO badge you're getting you know you're you know you're driving away with a car you know there's no checks or anything like that so here you know, we, we, we try to, you know, we try to help the drivers as much as possible and, sure. and push them forward. And, and ultimately, you know, it's, it's, a, it's about getting drivers home to their families safely at the end of the day, whilst, you know, making a living in the process. Uh, you mentioned that you're, you're kind of changing the mentality of people, obviously people that have been driving for a long time and they clearly must be. Do you think that it changes when somebody enters a car with a passenger versus when they're just driving by themselves? Do you think your entire mindset has to basically change towards no, that? No, I think, I think first and foremost, you've got to drive safely, regardless of whether it's just yourself in the car or whether customers in the car or you have um, um, your family members in the car. You know, it has to be one way and one way only of driving. You know, you're just as much as a danger if you're not driving safely, whether you've got a car full of people or not you know um, but what we do find as well and and with some of the the incidents that we've had is that when customers are ru- oh, sorry where our drivers are rushing to a customer they tend to drive that a little bit faster they're a little bit more recklessly so they get there on time and then they tend to switch when they've got a customer in the car you know to, to give a good service to their customer you know and it's and it's and it's been my department's job to try and educate them in a way to say well look you know this is the right way of driving you so, know. so it's, it's the chase that's the problem. Is that is that the main concern? Is that where most accidents might occur? Where they're, they're, well, they're, yeah. they're going to the next job, and they want to get there quickly to get the job done and get as yeah. many trips as possible done yeah. by the end of their shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that where it boils you down know, to? It, because we get we've had a lot of comments as well when we've had customers come in and they've been involved in an incident. You know, where they say, "Oh, I drive differently with a customer in a car, yeah. but when I'm on my own, I drive like this." Right. You know, but that that, that shouldn't be the case. And that's where myself and my team step in and say, "No, no, no." This is what you need to be doing on the road. Listen, everyone's got habits, you know. Everyone's got habits, but it's how dangerous those habits are. Sure. Yeah. You know, but it's it's our job to educate the drivers to say, no, no. If you do this, this, and this, mm. you'll stay safe on the road, regardless of whether you got someone in the car or not. Because ultimately, there is still someone in the car when you're on your own yourself. Right. And, you know. And do you and, find that there's some kind of common things that come up that drivers? could be doing across the board generally just to ensure that they're driving safer? Um, I think uh, essentially there's a lot of things that drivers pick up. There's a lot of things that happen with um, on the road. It's not just sort of specific incidents. There could be personal life. There can be so many different things that come in come into play that can sort of affect your driving. And um, it's something obviously we, uh, we've been working on. Again, like what um, with Chris was saying, uh, it's an education from an accident perspective as well. I see a number of times when drivers have come in and they generally feel they're not at fault 
and a lot of the time I can empathise with them. I do, I do feel I can see exactly what they mean. However, it's obviously there's laws in place and there's certain things in place that sort of change that, 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 that essentially say no kind of thing. So for example, things like speeding, um, when someone's changing a lane, if there's someone coming really fast up the, up the side, uh, undertaking, for, from, from a driver's perspective, you would, you would, and sort of a common knowledge, you'd think, well, if that person was speeding, um, they've got a part to play in this accident. It's not just my lane change. If they wasn't speeding, this collision wouldn't have happened. However, the law obviously does state, or the sort of insurance, yeah, how, it, how it works is basically, it's, it's not a matter of the sort of speeding, although that, that does contribute to it. It's about what you can prove and not being able to prove that. And that's where obviously with me and Chris, we, any accidents we have, if there is some sort of learning that could come from it, we work together. Um, Chris goes, um, goes out with drivers, takes them out. Um, and it's just about trying to, Trying to give that ed education to them and trying to trying to get get out of the sort of the mindset that not just PCO drivers, but most drivers have. Um, it's, it's you get you have a mindset when driving, and it's hard to it's hard to come out of that habit and that, hard to change that mindset when when you've been such an experienced driver for so long. Mm. So do you feel like they actually they, they learn their lesson almost, so to speak? A, after, a lot after, after an incident happens, they come in, you show them the video, you, you explain the situation. It, ends up being quite different legally yeah. to what they thought would have happened and then they learn from that and it doesn't happen again. Yeah, so we have, we have, the, we have the beauty of having the camera system. So mm -hmm. it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier when you sit there and sometimes some drivers are a bit more difficult because obviously, some, especially when you have someone, and myself, I'm quite young and you have a driver that's been, probably some drivers have been driving longer than I've been alive. So me trying to explain to them that um, what they've done wrong can be difficult sometimes and that's where the, the onboard camera system comes into play. I can go through it with them, show exact, exactly each sort of mistake that's happened, the reasons behind it, how it would be perceived by, the, uh, by an insurer, if it was to go to court, how a judge would see it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we do. It's, a, it's, a lot, it's not just about put, pointing fingers and mm -hmm. uh, putting blame. We, we're here, we are here to learn and that's where Chris would take them out and he it does we do really we don't tend to see reoffenders. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's good. it's it's emotions run high. If someone's just been involved in an accident, we we tend to see them shortly after that. Right. You know, so emotions are running high. So sometimes, you know, it's our job to 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 to, to make the drivers feel at ease. You know, and 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 sit them down and go through the footage with them and explain to them clearly, you know, um, what's happened on the incident. You know, and why a certain decision has been taken, whether it's a you know a fault or a, or a non-fault incident. You know, mm -hmm. um, post-accident as well. Um, it's my job if someone is to come in that's been involved in an incident. Again, like I said, we go through the footage together, and then I take him out in the car. I take him out in the car, and I work on why it happened. And, what, and how it could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. And you do it as well to a degree, you know, drivers, they, they, they turn to learn from, learn from them lessons. Because like Brian said, we, you know, we don't have many re-offenders. And sometimes it serves as a wake-up call if they have been involved in an incident. I mean, these guys drive for 10 hours, 11, 12 hours a day, you know. So concentration is not going to be as high as it is yeah. in, the, in the start. So, so, so what, do you kind of, what, do you, what do you recommend to that then? You know, driving 10, 12 hours is, is clearly maybe a bit too long and, you know, do you have any tips for these drivers oh. of how to kind of avoid these accidents happening in the first place rather than having to tell them afterwards? I think sometimes, sometimes it's not necessarily the time spent in the car. It's not necessarily the time that works because PCO drivers aren't the only people that do these sort of hours. Um, other people do. It's about how you ma manage it and sort of maintain it along the, along the process. Um, Things like taking regular breaks, um, making sure you're hydrated, and like I said sure, earlier, with sure. personal experiences, there's always it's very easy to just think I need to make money, 
even though you've got maybe real uh, some sort of stress in your in your mind everyone knows when you when you're when you're stressed it's, it affects you it affects yeah. you mentally and everything that happens on a day-to-day basis when you are stressed is changed so when you're driving on the road and you're out there for that long um, and you are stressed you just got to You've got to know that obviously you've got to, you've got to take more breaks. You've got to, if you do something does start to play on your mind, you've got to have that break. Have, maybe get a coffee, have something to eat. Just clear your mind. Just get them sort of thoughts out of your mind because there's so many different things that can come into play. It's not always just necessarily the time. It's about it's exactly it's about how you manage it. Yeah. Um, um, working so them kind of times. I, yeah. I kind of wanted to touch upon what you were saying, Chris, about um, when people are just getting started out, you, you try to help them put them at ease mm-hmm. to make them feel more comfortable when they're, when they're getting on the road, basically. Yeah. Are there some kind of general tips or recommendations that you would have for drivers that are just getting started? Why well, is a new PCO driver? Yeah, yeah fresh, how they can yeah, basically get into it and, and well, feel more comfortable. Well, what they've got to bear in mind is because it, when you look at uh, the job itself, PCO driving, you know, a, a lot of drivers that come into this industry have been given advice by other PCO drivers. And they kind of get this perception where it's just a case of, you know, picking people up and dropping people off. And how hard could it be? You know, but it's a difference between driving half hour in the morning to get to work and driving half hour to get home from work in the evening. When you are actually behind the wheel for that amount of time, you know, it's a different situation altogether. And particularly when you're driving in, in, in dense areas like central London, you know, where it requires so much concentration mm. and so much focus. I think what we, with most PCO drivers, what they tend to find in the beginning is that transition from just driving social or just going to work and back and driving as a career because you are literally behind the wheel for X amount of hours per day. And as well as the, the distractions that you would get on the road, or i.e. passengers. Also, they're, you know, when they're accepting jobs, um, following the, the, the GPS systems, you know, all these things are a distraction. You know, so it's, 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 it's the advice that I give guys that come to us for as a new PCO driver is take your time, mm-hmm. learn the job. Don't go into it fully 100% from day one. Right. You know, it's like any job. It's not quite as simple as just picking people up and dropping people mm. off. It's about adjusting yourself, adjusting your brain and adjusting your, your, your senses to, to driving for that amount of time on the road per day. Mm. You know, and what my advice to drivers, and I know they need to earn money, but take it easy from the beginning. Yeah. Start as a few hours first mm. day extend it mm-hmm. by the next week or whatever, whatever, you know, and just build yourself up, build yourself up and, and learn the job, yeah. you know, because if you go into it gun ho right from the day one and you're out there doing 10, 11, 11 hours a day, you're, you're not only driving, but you're also learning to do the job. It's a risk, isn't it? It's, it's a, a risk, risk. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to juggle at once. And if you're not used to being a, a professional driver, you know, that could be quite overwhelming and sometimes it could result in, a, in, a, in an incident. Yeah. To, add, you know? to add to that as well, um, I think for new drivers, I think one thing that is very difficult is obviously as a new driver, you don't know where's the hot spots, you don't know where's the most, where you can make the most money. And I think one thing starting out for drivers is, um, and at Autocar, we, um, we, we do say it's chasing money. Okay, and we try to help them and, and try to explain to them it chasing money, if you get caught chasing money, it can be quite a, quite a damaging thing for you really because it, again, like I say, it affects you mentally, but on the road, you tend to, what you would normally do, do maybe 10, 11 hours, you haven't reached your target, you then maybe extend an hour, two hours, and then that's when the, 
your body starts to kick in, your body clock starts to kick in where it's not used to that. Um, so just try to manage and stay away from the trying to reach targets and um, only sort of chase the money on a day-to-day basis. And obviously when you do go home, have a nice, good rest. Don't just sort of sleep for a few hours, jump up. Obviously we, we know obviously they have, most people have families, they've got to spend time with their families, but you need to make sure in yourself that you have had a good rest because look, if you're out on the road and something happens, you don't want to risk yourself because you have that family. So it's obviously, it's it's very important to spend that time with your family, but it's also very important to make sure that you are there for your family. Mm-hmm. And in accidents, it, it can be, it, some things can be serious and um, you can get you can get injuries and you can be affected in the long in the long run. So it's about just it's about making sure that you are properly rested. You manage your time correctly and um, work forward from there and work a good routine that works for you, works for your personal life, and works for your health. Talk, talking about the long hours, um, have you had instances incidences? Sorry, of people maybe falling asleep at the wheel, you know that we've kind had, of stuff. Is, we is have it, had has, a number of incidents before. and this is conversations that we've had with them and uh, spoke with the drivers afterwards. Um, but we've had a number of incidents. We've had as serious as falling asleep in um, j- uh, across junctions. Mm. Um, and look, we understand that sometimes it, it can be, it can just be not what you're normal. So you may be doing your normal routine, but one day you're just a bit more tired. That's that time when you need to know, you need to make that decision. Okay, this could be a lot more serious than it needs to be. Let me, let me stop my shift early. Let me finish, let me go home. Let me just rest off today because that, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's, if you get caught with them targets, that's when you start to try and fight the tiredness. We've had situations with, with our in-camera footage where we can see people are sort of drifting, drifting for um, for some time, but they just they try to fight through it. Mm. And it's, it's not where you want to get yourself caught up in because it does it does become quite dangerous for you, not just you, for pe- other people on the road. And no one wants to be the, the person to have to give the news of that they've been involved in a fatal collision. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I, mean? I mean, drivers need to know their limitations and then they need to know when, when, when enough is enough. You know, we've had situations where the driver's ready to go home, mm. but another job's come through. Yeah, well, just one more, just one just more. Just one more, yeah, yeah. and they push it, and then maybe yeah. get another one on top of that. Yeah. Especially so, if it's a big job like going to Heathrow or exactly, out in sticks, you know. Exactly, So, you know, my advice to drivers is, 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 is always been know your limitations. If you, if you can feel that you are not, um, how can I put it? You know, if you feel that you just don't have that extra job in you, you can feel yourself you know, you're tired, you know, you're, you know, you're fatigued, it's been a long day, it might even be a hot day, you know, um, know when to switch off and make your way home. It, it yeah. goes, exactly what Chris is saying, it goes back to what we were saying, that um, common things, accidents that happen come from concentration, distractions, when you are tired, concentration is massively affected by that. Your distractions, if you, if something happens, maybe your phone, your phone pings, although you shouldn't be on your phones anyway, but we do understand that the app will the app will well, well, that's you. the problem, isn't it? They, they have to look at their phones to accept the jobs. Exactly. I think exactly. they're meant to really stop and be in a stationary so position, that, but they don't do that sometimes. Yeah. So that's the main. That's that's the main thing. It's about it's about knowing how to how to cope with it. So if you do get a job come through, don't sort of lean forwards, play on the phone, accept. Just pull over quickly. Obviously, we understand sometimes, especially like Central London, can be a bit difficult to pull over. But that's really what you need to do. You need to. You need to pull over. You need to keep your eyes on the road mm. and make sure that you're watching. Because even we've had we've had incidents where there's been some maybe an an, um, an incident happen on the side of the road um, with pedestrians, um, an argument or something like that, and the driver's looking at that, not noticed the vehicle in front stopped because um, traffic lights changing, 
Mm. And that, that, that's it. It's you, instantly it's an accident. It's cost you money, cost, cost, um, cost everyone money really. Mm. And it's mm. just more hassle and stress than, than necessary for that split second that you looked away, that you were looking at your phone, maybe changing radio station, mm. whatever it may be. A request from a rider, you know, that kind exactly. of stuff. They can take that. No, we know that, you know. Yeah, but absolutely. They're going to be asking questions and, and wanting the, the cable for charging or change the radio station or whatever. That That's a distraction in itself, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And going back to um, what Ish asked me about new PCO drivers, they generally don't know London very well. Right. So they rely quite heavily on the GPS system. Mm. And sometimes they look at it a little bit longer than what they should be, mm. you know, and taking their eyes off the road. Yeah. You know, and we've had incidences like that, uh, you know, over the last few years where... You know, we've reviewed the footage, and you can, see, and on the inside camera, you can see the driver looking down, mm. and he's trying to plan his route. Mm. You know, by looking at the GPS, but he's just taken, he or she have taken their eye off the road. You know, for that for that split second longer, but that's when someone has stepped out. In the road. So, so, do you reckon maybe before they start to, to, to study the map, to, to go a bit old school and to do that, I, or, or just going blind with the GPS? I'd personally say. It is a matter of it is a matter of sort of maybe studying maps, but obviously maps are always outdated. Um, the the one thing is not relying on your GPS because we've seen a number of times where the maps take um, the GPS has taken someone down a the road, they're on a one way road, it's taken them the wrong way, wrong way down. It can it can happen. Nothing's perfect. It's about learning as you go along. So don't just sort of focus on where's my next job, where can I go, where it's busy. As you're going around, when you haven't got a job, when you are driving around and you're waiting for a job to come in, just Take in your surroundings. Mm. Try to familiarise yourself with the roads. Mm. Thing. See where there is one-way roads. Because London is always changing. There's always roadworks. There's always diversions. Mm. Everything's always changing in London. And do, it's, a ve- do, it's one of the hardest places to drive you, in the yeah, world. So do you think London is, for PCO drivers, it's, it's kind of a tough ask as the first place that they, they to come to? Right? It is. Without doubt. Without so, doubt. There's, um, more, more so than places like you know, Naples and stuff like that? Or, or <laughs> is it the same level? Because <laughs> you know, the, the little windy roads down there and the rickety cars. and uh, Every car's got a scratch, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, London is, 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 is dense. It's so busy. All hours, night and day. You know, and you've got your motorcyclists, you've got your buses, you've got the black cabs, you, you know, you've, the, the pedestrians crossing the road all the time, mm. all the time. So for me, that's a hell of a lot more, there's a hell of a lot more obstructions, you know, in, on just one street than a narrow road in Naples with a few mm. parked cars down the side, you know, and it, but it's, it's, it's the sheer busyness of it mm. and how much concentration that requires you know and and how alert you have to be all the time all the time so things like distractions you know i.e the the gps system or a customer that's you know quite noisy in the back or they're forever asking you questions etc you know it it only takes a second you know you can't avoid everything you know it's human nature you know, it's we're, not, we're not robots, are we? No, exactly. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you can't avoid everything, you know. And and but you you can try your best to. You can try your best to, you know. And 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 first and foremost is put it in your head in the you know when you get in the car in the morning is that I want to get home at night, mm-hmm. you know. So I've got to be switched on throughout sure. the day, yeah. you know. And it, like I said, going back to your question, Richard, it is you know driving in London is I mean, even for the most experienced driver. You know, I mean, we get a lot of customers that have only been in the UK for three or four years, you know, so all of a sudden now they become a PCO driver, 
They're, they're thrown in the deep end, central London. They've only maybe driven through central London on various occasions prior to becoming a PCO driver. Right. So they think they can handle it because they've done it before, mm. but have they done it enough? Right. And it's only once you, you're doing it all the time mm. where you realize that, you know, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. You know, one, one wrong move, one slight turn, one second of taking my eyes off, you know, something could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Another point is as well is, is night times. So we know the nightlife in London can be quite good. Um, and obviously at them times, you've got a lot of intoxicated people walking around, not thinking about what they're doing. You've got cyclists left, right and center, some of which haven't got um, lights on their bikes. And you get so many issues. Um, people, I've, we've seen um, near misses where people have just sort of stepped out. It's, mm -hmm. it's more the pedestrian's fault, but that I feel as a PCO driver, you, you need to get sort of in the mindset. It's not just about their, um, I'm on the road, um, they shouldn't step, they shouldn't be walking into the road. It's, as, a, you, as a PCO driver, you're a professional driver and there's a responsibility really to be aware. You know what I mean? It's um, daytime, you have children, there's, you never know what can happen. And these things do happen. They're, they're, you do get people walk out mm. into the roads. You do get them try to um, cross the road, run across the road because they're not thinking about what they're doing correctly. And if, if drivers aren't aware of this, if it can hit you by surprise. And when, you, when you're driving up, you see a, a big group of people on the side of the road um, by maybe a bar or something like that. You just, just take that moment to think it's, what could happen. It's, it's, sorry, Brian, it's, it's anticipation, isn't it, as a driver? Yeah. Is anticipating what could happen. Is 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 look at your surroundings. Where am I? Yeah. What's around me? What could happen here? You know, so many, so many variables, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, even driving down a, a, a minor road where there's no one else about, other than parked cars on either side. You know, it's an anticipation of okay, one of these car doors can 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 fly open. Mm. Someone can a child can could step in between the parked cars or behind one of these four by fours now. You're not going to see them until the last minute, until they step out on the road. So if you're not adjusting your speed to be ready for that, mm. in case it does happen, the likelihood of you stopping in time if it does happen now is, 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 is reduced. Mm. You know, another thing as well is that, you know, with predominantly now with PCO cars, they're hybrids or electric. There's no, no sound. sound. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, we're thinking the same thing. Snap. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no sound. And I think with, 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 uh, with PCO drivers, particularly the ones that have been driving them for a long time, they kind of forget that. It just becomes another car. I, normally in the, in the beginning, when someone's first driven a, a, a hybrid, it's like, well, there's no sound. Yeah. You, wait, you wait till you get to an electric one, you know, literally yeah. nothing there at all. I know. <laughs> That's the worst. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Got a few Nissan Leafs out on the road. Well, there you go. There you go. They're out there, you know, and even more so what I'm mm. talking about. You know, it's that as a driver, you forget that you can't be heard. Now, we, we live in a, in a society now where everyone's on their phones, they've got their headphones in, you know, um, they're talking on the phone, they're distracted themselves as a pedestrian, so they step into the road and they don't look properly. So, if they don't see you, they're not going to hear you either because the car is silent, the car's in stealth mode, you know. So, as a driver, I mean, we'd like to think that the pedestrians are always going to see the driver before they cross the road. We'd like to think they're always going to check before they cross the road, but that's not always the case. You know? I think we've all been guilty of it as pedestrians. You know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Be too in depth, you know. Absolutely. What's that message is, and then suddenly. Yeah, yeah, you get you sucked you in. You don't, you don't look. Yeah, yeah, you get sucked in, don't you? You, you yeah. get sucked in into your own little world, yeah, and, you, and yeah, you're just yeah. walking along. You've got things going through your head, and and as a driver, we can't determine what other people are going to do. What we have to do is be ready in case it does happen, and it goes back to that anticipation as a driver. Again, yeah. touching on that as well as um, a massive thing is weather conditions. So. 
as we know, is very rare. It's not very often that we get um, snow over here. Um, that's a major, what, major change. A major, 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 major <laughs> issue for drivers. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a major issue for drivers, and I think it's very difficult to learn. Very difficult to learn how to drive in snow because firstly you never know how slippery it is and we don't have it enough to be able to get a little bit more experience in it and it's about exactly what Chris was saying anticipation you have to be able to anticipate wait a moment there is snow it is slippery I'm not used to driving these conditions mm -hmm. I need to slow down I need to take it really slow and look it can be frustrating having to drive five miles per hour down the down a hill but it has it, it's just something that you need to do you need for your own safety as well as everyone else's you just need to make sure that you're taking every single moment every moment on the road is different. We've heard, we have accidents where people stop in places. It's not necessarily being their fault because someone's driven into their parked vehicle, but it's your safety. So if you park your vehicle and stop your vehicle in a in a place that's it's not the safest, you know, you might be on a bend, something like that. Other drivers around you, some of them maybe um, may not be driving safe. Mm. And it's that one moment that you've stopped quickly to just grab a passenger, and then you've put yourself and a, and your passenger at risk for just simply not not preventing, not, not t um, taking more care basically and saying look, just uh, walk down there um, a metre down the road or two metres down the road, I'll just stop over there just to, just to make, that, make it a little bit safer. And yeah. We know obviously um, drivers don't want to get complaints from pass um, um, passengers but it will only get worse if that one moment does happen and it's about, it's about not taking advantage of the fact that it hasn't happened to you before and it's about being aware that it could happen to anyone really yeah. that these these incidents are happening every single day yeah. it also saves them money because we get a lot of pcns um people stopping in box junctions quickly and stuff like that not not sort of foreseeing what's happening and yeah. thinking if i stop quickly i can just grab the passenger it costs money it costs money it costs what's time the price? about 80 or 120 pounds something like that yeah i think a lot of it depends on the barriers etc et yeah. it's never less than 80 pound yeah. there's that's actually huge. that's huge i mean that's a, that's a there's actually a place outside oh, yeah. houston um the police are very much bang on it uh it's right outside houston station there's sort of a zigzag line mm -hmm. and they've actually been giving out points for stopping there mm -hmm. so it can it can get it can get even worse because obviously points um it just means it's just a risk for you. You could be you could be a risk in your your livelihood because if you lose your license, and this is your your sole provider of money, then well, also as well going back to what Brian was saying about driving in um, bad weather, snow, rain, like it is today, by the way. Hey. But, uh, absolutely, there you go. There you pouring go. down. And it's also understanding the type of vehicle that you're driving. Some big some vehicles are bigger than others. You know, you've got the, the nine seaters, you've got the smaller cars. Once you put passengers and luggage into those vehicles as well you know it becomes a lot heavier so your stopping distances you know what is the recommended stopping distances i remember taking the, the dvla test a few years ago the theory cars, isn't it to be two, two or three tries realistically ago, speaking right? realistically speaking, at 30 miles an hour around town you've got to keep at least six car lengths between yourself and the car in front you that's know? quite I mean, that sounds that's like quite a lot doesn't it yeah. it's not but you need that you need that time yeah. and space in an emergency because the way i always um pitch it to to our drivers, and I used to do this with my learners as well, is that it's not just about the car in front slowing down. What if it stops in an emergency? That's what you gotta look out for. If someone runs out in front of the car in front of you, and that car has to stop in an emergency, you need to be able to react, you know, to see it and then react to it, you know? Um, so therefore, you know, keeping that gap is vital. If you've got weight in the car, and most PCL drivers normally have, particularly the larger vehicles with, with, you know, with the, the nine-seaters, seven-seaters in the past, etc. You know, there's so much weight in the boot with luggage. You might have three or four people in the car as well without adding the driver on top. 
So all that weight goes to the front of the car if you have to put your brakes on an emergency. So now you've got less chance of stopping. So the larger the gap, you know, is vital. And you can say to me, well, what's the recommended stopping distance? You have to react to, to your speed, the type of road you're on, mm -hmm. you know, and, you, and you've got to look at it. And, and my, my advice to drivers is, is that when you're driving along, just take a second to look at the car in front of you and ask yourself right now, if that car was to, to, to brake harshly, do you have time to react? And if the answer is no, extend that gap. Right. Yeah. Also, again, with um, not necessarily as well, just um, safe distance from behind. Um, when pulling up beside vehicles, so in central London, you have quite tight lanes because it's very busy. They have to try to cram in as many lanes as possible. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of drivers, um, we've seen a lot of incidents, sorry, of drivers where they've there's been the sort of they've been with a coach or a bus and it's sort of overhung a little bit onto their lane. There's space where they can they can sort of go up the side, um, but the coach is turning. Normally, if a coach or a bus, because they're again they're experienced drivers, just like PCO drivers, they sort of they, when they're normally doing things, there's a reason for it. And we've seen a number of times where coaches and buses turning turning right or, uh, turning right, and drivers pull up beside it at a traffic light, sort of squeezing the gap. Mm -hmm. They have an overhang on the back of them, so as they turn, the back of that coach or bus is going to swing straight round. And it's, yeah. it's an instant in, um, accident happening mm -hmm. just because you just thought, let me push, let me just sort of creep that a little bit forward and two cars mm -hmm. forward and not wait for the bus to go around before, mm -hmm. before going. Because the traffic light's red anyway. You're not, go, you're not actually going anywhere. Um, so it's like impatience, isn't it? Exactly. It's that sort of that wanting to be always but, get where you need to go. Well, and one thing I've found um, about people in general, not, not only PCO drivers, but people in general that come to London, it's, it's a very stressful city. People are constantly moving. There seems to be like a, a rush in people's step yeah. all the time. Everyone's trying to earn, everyone's trying to get on the ladder. Yeah. And even some of these PCO drivers that, that are starting out for the first time, they, they just want to get a car quickly. They want to get moving, they want to get earning. That stress, I reckon, can probably get to someone quite quite a lot over, over time, especially if you're driving for long hours in a day. It depends on the individual so, as well, doesn't it? You know, right. some people, that will get to them a lot quicker than others. Right. You know, um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. And this is going back to the, the previous point that we were making about if you are going into the PCO industry, you know, as a new driver in particular, is take your time to, to, to familiarise yourself with the job and mm -hmm. what the job involves, you know, mm -hmm. and not just go into it, you know, um, you know, full on right from the beginning, because there's so much going on out there. You know, there is so, like you said yourself, there is that element of rush, 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 and you're going to be part of that rush. You know, you're going to be part of that rush, and and you know, and concentration levels again to what I was saying. Concentration levels, it's going to be different from the start of the day as to it is, you know, three quarters into your shift. Yeah. You know, so it's a, and then we start talking about taking regular breaks and rest yeah. and, and fresh air in the car you know, and not have the heater on too much in the winter. Things like that can uh, can affect your, your, you know, your tiredness, your fatigue yeah. as such, you know. So it's, it's, you know, that's what we, that's always the message that we try to. Do you find that people that have a good home life balance tend to do better in terms of handling that stress? I, I think um, it's very hard to tell because obviously you can never see what someone's home life's like behind closed doors. Um, you can normally tell if someone's a bit more of a happier person, but I, I, I suppose the thing is with the people that are a little bit more happier, they're a little bit more, a little bit less, they're a little bit more complacent in, in what they do. They're a little bit less sort of. It, it's all every for every person. Um, their goods come with bads, and that's a, it's a human, it's human nature. Um, 
for example, with what you were saying about uh, with rushing around in London, it's not the friendliest of places at times, and you get a lot of people with road rage, a lot of aggressive drivers, and even the nicest of people, even the most relaxed of people, nice, um, nice, calm home lives, children, all happy. Their lives could be fantastic, but then you get someone that life may not be fantastic, they may be quite stressed out, and they're very aggressive driving towards you, and you can easily get caught into a, caught up in a situation where you find yourself driving aggressive yourself, very much out of character, due to being dragged into other people's character. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not, so it's not just, doesn't tend to just be a certain character does a certain type yeah. of accident because it's across the board. Yeah. Everyone gets caught up in different situations. Yeah. And, and of course you've got lots of different people entering the back of your car who are coming Exa with their exactly. own that's, that was uh, That's another point about distraction as well, is you've got, you have so many different customers. Um, you have nice customers that want to talk to you and they may be really friendly, you get caught up in conversation, lose the, sh uh, lose the concentration because you're so deep and heavily in conversation with this person that's really nice and you want to give you want to give it all back. You get that star rating but as well. Just like exactly. We about, like, in yeah. previous episodes, you know, the kind of constant drive to get the Yeah, exactly. So you're trying to, get, trying to give good, good customer service. Again, you, you're, you're, con you're talking a lot, you're in conversation. You may, you may look around to make eye contact kind of thing as you're in discussion. And this, that's the focus, but then you may, on the other hand, have someone aggressive, someone that's drunk, or you think they may, they seem like they're going to be sick or something, and then you're constantly looking at your mirrors, checking out what they're doing and stuff like that. It's about, it's really about what we're saying. You've really got to manage, and as you go through it, you've got to take every situation, look at it, and learn from every single situation that happens when on the roads with pedestrians, with customers, with other road users. You have to look at every situation. Any, just because it's a close call doesn't mean you don't take it as seriously as an actual accident. If you have a close call, you need to take that as serious as a as an accident because well, if it happened once closely, it's likely it could happen I, again. Can I press on your, on your point about um, aggressive drivers? Because I think one thing when you PCO that drivers join the industry that they don't possibly expect is the kind of road rage and aggressiveness from other drivers towards PCO drivers. Yeah, so I've, I've myself have driven in a Prius a couple of times, obviously we're a car rental company, so managed to kind of get a Prius uh, for the weekend and stuff like that. And the way other drivers react and drive around you is so different from if I wasn't driving, let's say, a, a Prius, for example, because everyone sees that as the flagship piece. I'm using that as an example, but there's obviously many others. And you get cut up, you get people honking you, they, yeah. they treat you very differently. And they I do. think that's one thing that drivers don't expect. I think what's happened is, is that there's a minority of drivers out there that worked for Uber in the early days that have given Uber a, um, not so much a bad reputation, but they've given a perception to, to the general public and other drivers of they're all bad drivers, mm. you know. And and you're right, Richard. But there's you know when they see a Prius, they automatically it's synonymous with Uber, you know. So if if a driver makes a mistake, oh, I was an Uber driver. Oh, yeah. You know, what do you expect? He drives for Uber, you know. Um, I was just taken back by the the, the way other drivers. Yeah. Reacts the around me, you know, the, the, me just doing my general going from A to B. And, why, why do you think they, they are like that? I, I think they have a certain, like, like Chris said, a certain perception about how I'm going to drive, and they might, oh, here he is, you know, yeah. another Prius, Prius driver on the road. We could, we could say firsthand that not all Uber drivers are like that. Of course. You know, of course. And, and the majority of our drivers, you know, we, we tell you with what we do now with my department, with, mm -hmm. you know, the driving assessment and development, we've, we've managed to, you know, we don't really see that much anymore, do we? You know, in in, in that sense, you know that that your 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 stereotypical Uber driver that's a bad driver and is just trying to get from A to B as fast as, as quick as possible, you know. But you're right, Richard. There is that perception, and unfortunately, sometimes, even if if the PCO driver's done nothing wrong, 
Yeah, that's you how know, I felt. That's how I felt. Yeah, being in the car. even though if the PCL driver's done nothing wrong, they've still been, you know, cut up by another driver mm-hmm. because they're driving a Prius. And you've got to be know? calm as well. And, then, to, and, and that's but that's when the challenge comes in for the yeah. driver because now it's not to react to. That. Right. Yeah. Because if you react to that, you know, now there's going to be a confrontation. There might be a, the collision of both vehicles. You know, an argument. You know, and it's and the thing is going back to what you were saying as well about you know home life etc. And and, and we, we speak to a lot of drivers that say it don't bother me. It don't bother me, you know, let them, let them have a go at me, let, let them, you know, it's, I'm here to do a job, right. you know, but on the other hand, you might be having a bad day or a bad time at home, you're already on edge, you're, you're stressed and you're having to go out there, you've got to make money, you've got to pay your bills and all of a sudden it only takes that trigger, that trigger to, 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 to start a confrontation, even though, the, you know, the, the PCL driver's done nothing wrong, but because someone else has perceived them as, oh, look, there's an Uber driver, let me cut him up, mm. you know, mm. all of a sudden it triggers that. That, that reaction, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And my advice to that is to is to just take a deep breath, yeah. stay calm and stay safe because it's not worth it, yeah. you know? And Again, on, on top of that is um, exactly what we're, what we're saying about um, Uber drivers being discriminated. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it is something that's very, it's been quite a bad thing, discrimination for many years in not just for PCO drivers in all types of ways and discrimination and not just cutting up, you have people can, like, can shout out the windows, shout very ab- abusive, discriminating things towards drivers. And it's about looking at them and pitying them, really, and pitying the the, drive, the drivers that are trying to have that perception of you, that are trying to get, get, get in your head, basically, because you've got to look at it exactly what you were saying. Is them, um, normally when you've got people that are stressed out, they do take it out on in life, and you can visibly see it. And, you don't know someone else's personal conditions. Maybe they've had a bad moment and maybe they've done something out of character. So for you to sort of react to their sort of, their sort of uncharacteristic um, action, basically, it's, it, it's just about not, not really just not getting dragged into them situations because it, it can really be, it can, it, can, it can only go one way and that's bad really because yeah. you're never gonna, you're, all you're gonna do is set yourself up for failure for the rest of the day. So it happens at the beginning of the shift, you can drive for two hours, You've had a driver, he's cut you up, there's been words said, you're now in a bad mood for the rest of the day. Forget accidents, anything else. It, it affects your your mood for the day and no one wants to be miserable at work. Well, the thing is as well, if you do react to it as a driver, what your the perception that you're giving to that other person now is what he initially thought of you in the, in the beginning. Mm. Do you see what I mean? You know, if you react to it, then they go, well, see, I told you. That's why they're all like that. You know, it's you know, and so you're you're actually giving putting more meat on the bone to them because you know they 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 they, they see a Prius and they, they they seem to think that all, all all Uber drivers are the same. But if you do react to it because they've cut you up or etc., they try to wind you up, then all they're going to do is say, "Well, see, you know, that's that's what they're like. Look, look at him, look at him kicking off, look at him trying to cut me up now. You know, that's what they're all about, and it just ties everyone with the same brush. So my, again, my advice: don't react to it. Don't be that person, you know, who they think you are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's, again, that's advice that I give to, to mm-hmm. our drivers when I'm, we're talking to them on a one-to-one. I'm sure most people have seen on social media sort of things, posts that people have put up of in, um, every time a PCO driver is seen where they've been in a collision or something like that. Social media, it always, all these incidents always get put up on social media and it just carries that image. Mm-hmm. just carries that They're image. Kind of in the limelight the whole time. Exactly. Right? The, yeah, the, the only way to the get out of that limelight is by, by not reacting, not being in incidents. And the social media can't push out all these, all these things because it's, it's not happening, basically. If all the drivers sort of 
learn to sort of manage their own sort of temperaments, their own sort of personal lives and knowing when to take breaks, take fresh air, even fresh air, it can do, it can do a world of good for the moments where you feel stressed, you feel tired. Fresh air is just, when you're sitting cooped up in a car for 10, 11 hours, it, I can only imagine how, how stuffy and how frustrating it must get at times. And you really just need to get, make sure you're getting um, regular fresh air, regular breaks and just keeping yourself. Do you think uh, fitness and exercise really helps as well, like keeping your body healthy? Well, it keeps your fresh mind, uh, sorry, your mind fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's human nature, isn't it? You know, if you are, like, like Brian's saying, if you are stuck in the car for X amount of time, you know, it's, and having to take on board everything that we've talked about in, in a, you know, a day in the life of a PCO driver, you know, having those breaks, you know, getting that exercise, stretching yeah. your legs, getting that fresh air, you know, PCO drivers have breaks in the day, you know, why not go for a walk or go to the gym or, you know, whatever, you know, just to keep your, your body active and, and for their health, if, any, if not for anything else, you know, because it's not healthy. You know, if you're sitting in the car all day, you're eating junk food because that's what you're driving past all day long, McDonald's, etc. blah, blah, blah. You know, eventually, eventually that's going to take its toll. Mm. Mm. Um, myself, myself personally, sorry, myself personally, I play, uh, play quite a lot of football. So I know the benefits of doing sports, keeping active, how much of a relief it can be. It's such a, for myself, I find football almost therapeutic for me. It's it really, any stress I've had for it throughout the week, any sort of, any incidents that are happening within my life, at work, anything. When I get to, when I get to football, it goes out of my mind. When you're running around, you sort of, it's like it literally just flows out of your body and it's like, you can start fresh the next week, sort of, and go again. Because it, it is hard, it is hard. And it's, no one wants to have to go to work every single day of the week kind of thing, but it's about having the moments where you can release and let go of your work life, let go of your stresses and just get yourself back back on track really. Well, the PCO drivers have downtime and it's, 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 it's about how you use that downtime, mm -hmm. you know, and you've got to use it to your own advantage, you know, mm -hmm. so, and again, you know, like Brian says, you know, you can, you can block yourself. If you, if you go out in the morning for argument's sake and you've done your shift and, and you've got that, that one or two hours you know, downtime in the middle of the day, any stresses or any hassles that you've had in that morning, if you go and do some exercise, do some running, walking, you know, even just go for a stroll, whatever, it releases, you know, it takes that tension away. So when you do go back to work, you know, it's, it's um, you're, you're, you're raring to go again, you're fresh again. Well, you know, a good job does the, uh, the auto benefit scheme with its discounted gym memberships. So, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. there's exactly. no excuse, basically. Exactly. No yeah, excuse. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. You threw that in there yeah. nicely there. Yeah, but yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> I had good. to put that you know, cheeky little plug there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Ish, I think you had some uh, interesting stats that you wanted to yeah, I mean, it throw kind to of, us and the listener, which, uh, yeah, go, go for it. I think that would be good. Um, it kind of, yeah, it feeds into um, a little bit about what you're saying, but we thought it was interesting that, um, for instance, um, the fatalities in rural roads versus urban roads are much higher. It's around 1,068 fatalities last year yeah. um, in rural roads versus 626 so in that, cities. That touches on what you mentioned um, the other day about Naples, um, sorry, earlier on about Naples. Again, like um, I know from Ireland, um, the accidents out there ain't as much, but they're small windy roads and they don't really have like a speed limit of 30 miles per hour. They're normally 50, 60 and people are a lot more, they're a lot more risky in what they're doing because they don't tend to see a car every, um, every moment. There's, they could be driving for 
especially at night time, five minutes sometimes without seeing a car and you get caught in that moment of sort of going, winding down the road. And then when you de- when that incident does happen, it's a much more serious accident. So I know from Ireland itself, it's they don't have as many accidents, nowhere near as in the UK, but the fatality ratio is so much more because the speeds that you do. Is that because of like a false sense of security? Exactly, yeah. exactly. If you're driving for so long, it's, people do it on the motorways. And familiar, the motorways. familiarity as well. If yeah. you're using the same roads every day, you know, and they're generally pretty quiet, you're going to push mm. it down a little bit more, you know. And, and you'll probably find as well, a lot of accidents happen quite close to where people live. Really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. because they're so used to them roads and they're almost on autopilot, yeah. mm. you know, and they use them roads every single day. So their concentration level, their awareness levels, mm. you know, subconsciously are not quite, you know, where they should be. It's like you drive sometimes and, you know, you're in the motorway or whatever, and, uh, you suddenly like, oh, I haven't even realised I've been driving yeah, for the last exactly. few minutes. How the hell? You're literally you're, 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 you're been, Yeah, you really are. Well, look, you think, I mean, how have I not been had a crash? We're all human beings <laughs> and, you know, and we drive along. And particularly if you've been driving for many, many years, you, you become second nature. Mm-hmm. So then naturally your mind is going to wander. Yeah. What thinking about, you yeah. know, later yeah. on or what I'm doing later or what happened earlier mm-hmm. on in the day or what I need to do. I need to go to the bank. I need to do this and that. You know, so all of a sudden you don't even realise you're in on, on autopilot. So when that obstruction does occur, mm. you know, you you haven't again anticipated it because your mind is yeah. well. Is like a, a kind of stat that speaks to that, and one that actually shocked me quite a bit was that for the last four years in the UK, um, it's been over twenty percent of people that died in a car weren't wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. That's such a simple. Th- it's I like the first thing that someone tells you when you when you that, start yeah, driving. Is that across the board in regards to people not wearing seatbelts in the rear? Yeah. So yeah. it's car I occupants. Think, I think yeah. it's a massive, a massive, massive thing. Is that people? It's exactly like we were just saying about um, when you're in your own area, you become very complacent. You're in the car. Most people drive every single day. Obviously, um, your drivers especially. Um, but most people drive every single day, and it's not often that you do get in collisions. Most people will go their whole life without having an accident. Um, but it's that complacency and it's it's that risk of that one moment it's like I was saying before that one moment and your passengers ensuring that they are putting on their seatbelt and look it's not just about your rating and we understand sometimes if you ask a passenger to put on their seatbelt they may become some people won't like the idea of it it's really about their safety because do you really want to be the person that because essentially even if it's not your fault that thought process will always be in your mind mm. it will never you will never forget that moment that will and that will carry you for the rest of your life so in a if there was a fatal collision and your passenger wasn't wearing a seatbelt you asked them they said no and you just ignored it and something happened it's, that moment will never be able to leave your mind and you just don't want something like that hanging over you and just taking real care of yourself your family and passengers mm. because seatbelts I, mean, I must confess as a as a as a, as a rider in, in Uber or any of the other ride-sharing companies, I've you know sometimes not put the seatbelt on by yeah. mistake just w- for God, and then would maybe you, it's the case of the driver having to remind me politely. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say, Richard. Yeah. Would you have appreciated it if the, if the if the driver asked you to put your seatbelt on? And well, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just and, and, you, and, you don't, you just and you'd get, understand why yeah, yeah, of course, of he's course. asking you to do that because well, you got to remember as well with PCO drivers, they've got a high ratio of people in and out of their car all day long. So they're dropping off, picking, uh, dro- dropping someone off, picking someone up. You know, and in the end, they, they just, it's just the norm for people just to jump in the back of their car, you know, and not wear a seatbelt. It takes a second for the driver to turn around and ask their passengers, do you mind putting on your seatbelt, sir or madam? 
mm-hmm. you know, as part of the, it's part to a degree, it's part of the service. And then explain if there, there if there is an an, an adverse um, reaction to it, is explain to him the dangers of not wearing a seatbelt. Now, if someone is sitting behind you, and you have a high high impact accident, a person behind you is going through you. You know, it's going through you. In fact, the driver or the person sitting in the passenger seat in the front has got less chance of surviving than the person who's actually gone into the back of them, you know, because they're not wearing their seatbelt. Because all that force jumps out, jumps forward, you know. So if the car is traveling at 50 miles an hour and and there's impact, that person sitting behind, you know, they're going to cause a lot of damage because they're going to go through you faster than what the car is traveling. You know, so the likelihood of the person in front, whether it's the driver or the passenger, their, their chances of survival is quite minimal. And that's how important it is to, to wear a seatbelt in the rear. And it's law. That reminds me of one of the videos you show on the driver kind of assessments yeah. and, and, and training programs yeah. uh, of, of the kind of, was it the, the, yeah, the, the, the party right. in the back and then it kind of slows down and then they, right. they, they crack like, like rock, you know, they kind of. Yeah, disperse. That's exactly what it is. Pretty hard hitting stuff as well. Maybe it's hard hitting. I'm not sure what it's called, but maybe recommend to go onto YouTube and check out some safety videos if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I think the main thing is, and you can sort of sort of be nice about the situation and um, try and sort of mention certain situations and what could be, but the realization of it is is that this does happen and the seriousness of this, and it's about making yourself aware, watching them kind of awareness videos, keeping yourself up to date with these stats because they're very important stats for, for a, this is your profession, it's a PCO driver's profession and it's very important to know what is going on and what's actually happening in on, on the roads because everyone, would, like I said before, everyone thinks it won't happen to me, I'll be alright, yeah. at one moment, oh it's only a few minutes or I'm only going down the road. Yeah. It is so serious, these situations and you can't really be nice about it. You've got to have the full force and you've got to really, really take in them kind of situations and really think about how serious it can be because it's the only way that it sort of sinks in. And with what you were saying uh, about the seatbelts and politely asking, I think that's a massive thing as well. It's not about turning to your passenger and saying, can you put your seatbelt on? It's about how you do it. Mm-hmm. It's about also awareness for your passengers because that passenger may then go and get in the next cab um, that you're not driving in and may put a seatbelt on due to your actions. Mm. You could save a life from one moment by just by, by bring, uh, carrying yourself in a certain manner and um, explaining it in a certain way, just saying, explaining why to put a seatbelt on. Um, sort of maybe if, you've, if you have seen these awareness videos, if you have heard these stats, just a little bit of information. It also, it also starts off the conversation flowing between you and the customer, which also will give you a good rating. So yeah. it's about how you yeah. portray what you feel and what you want I mean, to the passenger. There's plenty of videos on YouTube for you know, seatbelt safety. You know, I do recommend you know, our drivers have a look at that. Sure. You know, because the thing is, unless you, you, you see the repercussions of not wearing those seatbelts in the back, you're not gonna take it seriously. You're not gonna ask other people to put it on. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not just when carrying your customers; it's your family, yeah. your children. You know, your your wife that's sitting in the back looking after your child. You know, it's all driving. Well, well that's because that's what kind of shocked me about the stat in the first place. Is because it's it's like I say, when you're a kid, the first time you're into a car, the first thing is wear a seatbelt. Yeah. It's almost like it's repeated so many times as you're growing up that it just becomes something. Yeah, that you just you, you, you just stop thinking it's, about. It's a very it's good. It's a very yeah. good point. It's a very good point. Why would you treat your partner, your family members, your passengers as anyone different to your children? What what makes them any any le- the only difference between them is that they can think for themselves. 
between your children. Your children, you're trying to make them aware. Why do you make your children aware? Because you want to keep them safe. So you need to keep that in your mindset of, I want my passengers to be safe. I want my family to be safe. As much as you want your children to be safe, just because they have a mind to think for themselves, just because they're an adult, doesn't mean that they're any less prone to forgetting, making mistakes, mm -hmm. getting being complacent themselves. And as a as a PCO driver, you should. I feel like you should have that that want to give safety and awareness to, to your passengers and family members as well, because it's just such an important thing. People, you, you, like we said, you, you can't really express how important it is. Seatbelts have been there for so many years for, for a reason, um, and it's only there for your safety. It's only there to save you from that, that one moment that could happen. It's almost crazy to think that there was a time when seatbelts weren't the norm and that wasn't really a thing. Exactly, yeah. I'm old exactly. enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember. With PCO drivers, you know, it's very easy to get sucked into just earning money, and that vehicle is just a work tool. It's also a killing machine if it's not yeah. being driven correctly, sure. you know, and, and, it, and not just someone that you may have impact with, yourself as well as the driver, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it, drivers kind of get sucked off into right now, you know, earnings, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and all that goes out the window, you know, the safety of driving, the importance of you know, driving safely and, and, and your surroundings, etc. because you get sucked into this yeah. bubble. And, and I but, guess it kind of works both ways. It's also something you can have fun with. Like you can use it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a car. It's not something that has to be so stressful, like kind of what we've yeah. been talking about. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's how it is. And it's just changing the, the perception. And this goes right back to the beginning when I was saying about what I do. You know, and what we try to educate the drivers is to change the perception. It's not just about making a living. You know, you're driving a car. Now, if I make a mistake at work, I drop this bit of paper on the floor, or I knock that bottle over. You know, that's not going to harm anyone. If I'm driving all day and I make a mistake, I'm having an accident. You know, and that accident can be fatal. So it's trying to make sure you minimise your risk. You can't eradicate the risks. We, all of us get in the car every day, and without sounding nasty. We, we, we're not, we can't hand on heart say that we're going to reach our destination. We don't know what's going to happen along the way. We don't know what's, what's going to happen in the next 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, but it's about minimizing the risk and making yourself as safe as possible on the road. You know, if someone's going to come and collide with you, that's something that's out of your hands. You cannot control that, you know. But what you can do is try your best to minimize the risk of you being that person hurting someone else or damaging someone else's vehicle, etc, etc. On that note, well, unfortunately, Brian, we've got to kind of end it there. Um, guys, thank you so much for, for coming in. I think it's been a great debate. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and thank you to the listener also, listener, sorry, for, for tuning in. Uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast and episode, then feel free to subscribe and review us as well, because that will really help us with the rankings. Uh, we're five episodes in now-ish. Been good, right? It's been amazing. Yeah, it's been well. And just like the BBC, we're going to try and stick to six, six episodes. <laughs> Maybe series. even a Christmas special. That'd be great. Still a bit We've not quite decided on what next week's theme uh, is going to be just yet. So you know, what well, listeners, if you have any ideas, please don't hesitate to get in touch uh, via Facebook, or Twitter, and let us know what you'd like to hear about for the final episode. Uh, our Facebook and Twitter handle is at Ottocar UK, so search it up. Uh, until next time, have a safe week on the road. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.